Welcome to the Epiphany Lutheran Church podcast. These messages, based on a biblical text, interpreting the hearer's situation, informed by Christian teaching, creatively proclaim the crucified and risen Jesus of Nazareth for forgiveness and new life starting now. Epiphany Lutheran Church is located in South City, St. Louis, Missouri. Our vision is to be a community that puts Jesus first, neighbors second, and ourselves third by gathering to be served by him so we can grow to love as he loves. Learn more at epiphany-stl.org. That's epiphany-stl.org. Probably my all-time favorite comic strip. Calvin and Hobbes. Remember? Calvin and Hobbes ceased publication, ready? 1995, 24 years ago. It was a very short-lived comic strip. It began in 85, ran through 95, 11 years due to the eccentricity of its author. It's been called the last great comic strip. It's about an impish little boy, Calvin, who has Dennis the Menace tendencies. Remember Dennis the Menace? And Hobbes, his little stuffed tiger that comes to life in Calvin's mind. There's one strip that when I was doing motivational speaking, I would reference on occasion because I, I thought it was prophetic in regard to our culture that it speaks into who we have become. In the first panel, Calvin, little boy, says, why does everything have to be so darn hard? Exactly. Second panel, Calvin says, I wish there was a button to push so I could have everything I want and a pill to take to make me perfect. Third panel, Hobbes, the stuffed tiger, speaks. Ah, the American dream lives on. Ready? Fourth panel, profound. Calvin says, having to work for something is like saying I don't deserve it. Entitlement. We live in a culture of entitlement. Actually, we live in kind of a spoiled society. And some of you, I know, are of the generation, the one prior to mine, where you worked and saved and built and delayed gratification, the builder generation, or what Thomas Brokaw called the greatest generation. Can I tell you? It's kind of not like that anymore, is it? And... We're painting with broad strokes because there's exceptions to everything. But we live in a culture of consumers rather than producers and our hands are always out. We have confused what we think of as wants with needs. We think our, our wants are actually needs and we have an inexhaustible list of desires and we are a culture that has difficulty saying no to ourselves. And this soft, squishy, spoiled culture has certainly pervaded church. 
our brand of religion, and I don't mean faith, I mean religion, and I don't mean Lutheran, I mean the whole system of organized religion, is marked by an absence of calling, an avoidance of suffering, a unwillingness to surrender. And when Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, we will as long as it is hollowed out aluminum so it's easy to carry and we don't get splinters. You know, when I was a kid, you know what regular church attendance was? Every Sunday and everything in between. If there was some special service on a Thursday, we'd have to go to the special service on a Thursday. That was regular. You know what it is now? You know what people think of as regular church attendance? Once every six weeks. That's regular. And the vast majority of folks who sit in worship services never go to a Bible class. Oh, that's asking too much. Yikes. Here's our premise for today. God has spoken his yes to us, claimed us as his own, redeemed us through the death and resurrection of his son, poured out his spirit upon us in order to form us as his people. But God's yes requires no's on our part. In order to live fully in his yes, in order to live powerfully and joyfully, in order to experience his yes, in order to be formed and shaped as his people, in order to accomplish what he desires us to accomplish, there are certain things within our lives we need to bring under discipline. And you know, we're really not good at the discipline thing. You know why? It's hard. And our default is soft and chewy. You know what discipline is? Learning to know and know yourself. In fact, in my mind, you can't know yourself, K-N-O-W, until you know yourself. You can't know yourself until you know yourself. Very, one of the very first passages I ever memorized from Scripture, book of Hebrews, 12th chapter. For the moment, all discipline is painful rather than pleasant. Later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You hear it? Discipline is a seed that when it's planted, it yields fruit down the road. But a lot of people aren't willing to plant that seed. One of my favorite Bible stories, one of the 732 that are my favorite, Jacob and Esau. Remember, it's a standard. Jacob and Esau, they were twins. Although not identical, they were fraternal. And Esau was the oldest so he had the birthright, which meant he got two-thirds of the inheritance, but more importantly, the family name was to be continued through him. And whatever blessing there was to be was to come through him. It was a big deal. Now, Jacob and Esau could not have been much more different. Jacob was a sensitive sort. Esau was a brawler. And one day, Esau was out in the woods hunting, and Jacob came along. Jacob was looking for flowers. 
And Esau said, I am so hungry, I'm starving. I would give anything for something to eat. And Jacob perked up and said, anything? And Esau said, I'm starving, I'd give anything for something to eat. And Jacob said, would you give your birthright? And Esau said, what good is a birthright if I'm dead? And Jacob, who never went anywhere without being prepared, probably had a little bag of stuff. And he reached down and he pulled out a bowl of cabbage soup. And he said to Esau, would you trade your birthright for this bowl of cabbage soup? And Esau did. Esau's father had spoken the yes on him. His was the birthright, but he traded it for a bowl of cabbage soup. He lost the yes because he couldn't say no. So here's where we're going. Do you, do, you think, do you think we have cabbage soup in our lives somewhere? Are there, are there any things that, that keep us from experiencing the yes of God because we can't say no? to some appetite or desire. I made a list of them. Actually, I had seven. And I cut it down to four because we need to go home at some point today. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I left out the good ones. <laughs> Actually, I left out one you would not want to hear. And as I was doing my walk this morning, I was praying through that, and I thought, okay, Lord, do I leave that in or do I take it out, took it out? Now you're wondering what it is. Here's some cabbage soup, things to say no to in order to experience the yes of God. Here's the first one, the wide road. <laughs> See, we like to be like everyone else, and if the majority of people think something, we agree, and if the majority of people live in a certain way, we think we're entitled to that way. We might as well move. And God calls us to the narrow path, the narrow door, against the grain, and we struggle with that. And I know some of you are sitting there going, no, not me, I'm not like everyone else, which is exactly what everyone else is saying. See, the fact is, we become acculturated, and we adopt the values and the priorities of those around us. Sometimes I, I, I look at the decisions that you as a congregation make and the discussions that go around them, totally indistinguishable from the world. And some of the decisions that we make here, they're not based on following Jesus. They're what make sense. Wide road. That's a no. Here's more cabbage soup. Being comfortable. Boy, if there's anything that will pinch discipleship, it's this need to be comfortable. That's what we heard in today's gospel. The volunteer who said, Jesus, I'm in, I'm, I'm your man, I'm going with you. And Jesus said, well, you know, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And the guy said, good luck with that. And there were two more that Jesus invited, and both of them offered stipulations that would need to be met in order for them to feel comfortable following Jesus. Scripture is filled with instances of people who chose comfort over discipleship. Even the priest and Levite in the story of the Good Samaritan that we'll look at in two weeks. They did not feel comfortable helping the injured traveler for a variety of reasons, some of which were noble and religious. Folks, a comfort zone is a grave. No. 
Here's more cabbage soup. Good. See, sometimes we settle for good instead of pushing through to best. We do a serviceable job and we consider it good enough. I remember in college, the first thing I would do when I looked at my syllabus and I would, I would look to see what the minimum amount I had to do was in order to get by. That's a character issue. We are called to do our best. That's Colossians 3.23, right? Whatever you do, do with your whole heart as an offering unto God. Every single thing we do is an offering unto God. Every, you iron a shirt, that's an offering unto God. You shovel the walk, that's an offering unto God. You drive down the road, that's an offering unto God. Everything is an offering unto God and we do it all with our whole heart. And anything less is a poor reflection, not only on us, but on the one whose name we bear. Yeah, I'm a Christian, I follow Jesus, so I do everything halfway. Hmm. Here's more cabbage soup, the fourth one and the final one for today. In order to experience the yes of God, we say no to shortcuts. There are no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. There are no shortcuts to becoming what God calls us to be. There are no shortcuts to accomplishing what he calls us to accomplish. In fact, just the opposite. Discipleship, living in the yes of God, is a lifelong process that's worked out generally in the routine and mundane things of living, like waiting in line at the post office or some guy cuts you off on the road or the person who talks your arm off is headed in your direction. Or the robocall. Those are the things in which discipleship is worked out. The big things are easy, we kind of pray up. It's those little things we think we can handle on our own and we wander far away. How do I experience the presence of God as I'm waiting my turn at Deerberg's Deli? Or while I'm trying to sing this unsingable hymn? Every moment is an occasion for discipleship. Every moment is an opportunity either to step forward and grow or to take a sip of cabbage soup. Calvin wanted to push a button. There are none. One time, Satan took Jesus to the top of the highest mountain on the face of the earth. It's one of those three temptations, remember? This is the one I could never quite figure out and then all of a sudden I went which doesn't mean I'm right. Satan said to Jesus, see all these kingdoms? Tell you what, you can have them. Just bow down. They're all yours. Catch this, and isn't that why you came? Ah, Jesus came to restore the world to the Father. Satan was offering a button, a shortcut. No pain, no cross, just a little bow. Calvin would have done it. Esau did. Jesus did not. There are no shortcuts. It's a long obedience in the same direction. So how do we learn to say no to things that keep us from experiencing the yes of God? How do we turn down cabbage soup when we're starving? Well, there is no know-how because there's no how. There's only who. 
I don't know if I've talked about the who-how dilemma with you folks. It's powerful to me. Two little words, who-how, same letters, but boy, do they make a difference because, see, we always want to know how, and all God ever tells us is who. It's God's yes that empowers all our no's. And the bigger his yes, the bigger the who he is in our lives, the easier those no's become. Here's God's yes. Life, love, peace, hope, redemption, purpose, sins forgiven, community, power, passion, spirit, something to live for, something to die for, all offered through the cross and empty tomb, all poured out by the Spirit, and it's all done, it's complete. It's ours to receive. And he desires that we be the kind of people who live in that, yes. And he invites us into a long obedience and a dancing relationship that will settle for nothing less than grace and truth and joy. Yes. In a cross. Yes, in a cross. And to the whole world, that was a big no. Yes, in a cross. Yes, in an empty tomb. Yes, in the waters of baptism. Yes, in little cups of wine and little hosts that stick to the roof of your mouth. And aren't you glad we're having communion today so I don't have to say, don't you wish we were having communion today? Are you getting tired of that yet? Excuse me? Deal with it. Yes. Here. Yes, in a community that is shaped by obedience to the word. You know, when you come forward today to receive communion, you put your hand out, and I put the little host there. Usually I say the body of Christ or something like that. You know what I could say? Yes. In fact, I'm not going to do that. But when I say the body of Christ or whatever it is I say, you can easily respond. Yes. Yes. God has spoken his yes to us, and he asked for our yes in return. You know what we call that? Amen. And so be it. Yes.